0: All right, let's talk about what I saw last week and I couldn't believe. Yeah. Baldy, I couldn't believe the Vikings came back from 33 down. I mean, this is the NFL, right? The last time we talked about this was 1993. Baldy, where were you in 1993 when we saw
1: the Oilers lose to the Bills? Where were you? So I that was a playoff weekend, uh, Carl. Uh, I was playing, I was starting left guard for the Eagles and we were in the locker room uh, in the superdome getting ready to play the saints when that whole comeback with frank reich was going on and so that's where i was i was we were all watching it in the locker room getting ready for a game where we had our own comeback against the saints we were getting crushed by the dome patrol and all those guys in in new orleans and randall cunningham and reggie white had a second half for the ages and we won that game they got us to dallas the next week but i was that's where i was watching that comeback incredible well I, I guess my
0: my lead into this is, okay, so this has got to be a letdown spot, right, for the Vikings? Giants at Vikings. This has got to be one of those trap, trap games, right? You just, you're so emotional last week, and now all of a sudden, you got to have a
1: letdown, don't you? Well, I had tweeted out at halftime, Carl, just a question. I didn't make a statement. I made a question are the Vikings the biggest frauds in this league? <laughs> like, you know, the Viking fans, they came back and they were hating, you know, after of the course. But, but I've been know, on this like, with you. I, I don't believe them either. So, Carl, look, you give up a punt, block for a touchdown, a pick six for a touchdown. You can't convert a fourth down. I mean, they look like a, a defeated team. And I watched a similar performance, not as bad, against the Eagles, against the Cowboys. And I said, when they go up against the real monsters of the nfc like this is who they are and so look to come back is against the colts they just made a change at quarterback they made a change at coach i mean they're not a good team right now they're they're a team i've been on one of those teams carl where you just like you're counting down the days in the calendar and the season's over you're booking you know tea times yes. you know the best golf resorts that's what you're doing (laughs) like i've been there and so while i you credit the vikings for what Patrick Peterson said at halftime, hey, Kirk Cousins, you we're going to make the stop, score five touchdowns, they score five touchdowns, they win. I just – I think the Giants, look, they have to play a certain way, Carl. They're, but their defensive line is the strength of the whole team. Yeah. So we watched it against the Commander's team on Sunday night. Kayvon, you know, Aziz Aljulari, Dexter Lawrence to me is as good a defensive tackle as theirs in the league. Like – you know wink martindale is a creative defensive coordinator hiding some of the weaknesses on this defense like i think this defensive line can really help keep this thing close and i don't know what you're going to get from the vikings i really don't i know the names on the back of the jerseys justin jefferson Dalvin cook they're elite players but you're going to see you're going to see the best from the giants so right in the playoff hunt right here
0: Yes, they are. Giants at Vikings. Let's talk about the Lions. Boy, I'm loving what I'm seeing. And this has been building up, right? I mean, week after week, we've talked about it on In the Huddle. Guys, subscribe. We put new episodes out every Tuesday and Thursday. All things NFL. We take you behind the scenes. We've been talking about this, Baldy, for weeks. The buildup. They're good. They're getting better. Look at the offense. Look what Dan's doing. And now, all of a sudden, they find themselves in a spot where I think they can go on the road and win again. I like the Lions. That's how much I'm digging what they're doing right now.
1: I completely agree. They, you know, the, the fact is, Carl, the Lions know they're a good team. Now I, they we, do. Jared Goff's been to the Super Bowl. He knows what they have. Dan Campbell knows it. He's been around this league. Um, what happens is, I remember Pete Carroll telling me this a long time ago, Carl. Even when he was at USC, he had no fear of playing freshman. And when he's been, you know, at Seattle, like play the rookies. They're good players. Play them. You're going to make mistakes early. You might lose early, but you're going to win late. And Mm. I feel like the young guys in Detroit, whether it's Aiden Hutchinson, James Houston, Malcolm Rodriguez, Kirby, even Akuda, like these guys are now playing well defensively. But offensively, this Ben Johnson, people are now talking about him. I've been talking about him since day one. Yep, He's a very creative offense coordinator. You you saw the play to Brock White right on – fourth and one last week to beat the Jets. Um, you know, th- they've got the right creativity. The offensive line is very solid. They're very, very good. And Amon Ross St. Brown is is a rising star in this league. Uh, the Lions right now, I think, could be as big a trouble spot for any team that sees them. And, you know, 7-7, like seven and seven, they're not in the playoffs right now, but they're a dangerous playoff team because they're going to get there.
0: By the way, does Steve Wilkes get this job? This has been a different team since Matt Rule got fired. They've run the ball well. I love Derrick Brown on that front. The defense has played well. I know this is a bad division, but how do you evaluate that, Baldy, when you look at where the Carolina Panthers were? They move on from Baker Mayfield. He's got, you know, Darnold playing playing well.
1: Does he get a shot at this job? I hope so. I hope so because I don't think, you know, Steve Wilkes had, you know, one shot, was one and done. Sometimes, you know, we've seen a list of guys from Mike Shanahan to Bill Belichick, you know, you go through the list of guys in their second spot, maybe Doug Peterson, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll see what Jacksonville does, but you know, sometimes you need a, a, a second chance, you know, some guys never get it, but some guys, you know, to, to steady that ship and that's what he's done. They've got, look, they, yeah. they easily could have beaten Pittsburgh last week. You know, they're right in the game um, all the way to the end. Like they, they, He's done a good job of steadying the ship. They've got talent on defense. The offense line has come together. Like, they need, you know, maybe Sam Darnold's the answer. Maybe he isn't. I know, you know, David Tepper wants, like, a marquee guy there. But they're pretty close. And Steve's been a big part of, like, taking that thing and just playing good, steady football. I expect him to win some games down the stretch. So, yes, I do think he has a shot.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. They have a lot of decisions to make. All right, let's talk about Bills at Bears. We know where the Bears are. And I love watching Justin Fields and his development. And, you know, at first I was like, why put him out there? But then last week I'm watching, I'm like, I'm so glad he's out there because he's just fun to watch. But the Bills now at 11-3, and three, and my concern is a lot of teams have been hanging with the Bills. You talked about the way Miami did. Do the Bears have enough to hang with the Bills? I do not think they win this game. But
1: can they be there at the end of this game? Yeah, because Chicago's not going to change who they are. I mean, they're a very good running football team. And Justin's a big part of it. And you saw the Bills last week against the Dolphins really struggle against the run. The fact is, Ed Oliver, these guys up front are good players, just not big guys. And so they get pushed around inside. And, you know, Matt Milano is a hell of a player. He's 215 pounds. And so it's like having a safety down the box. And, you know, when you look at these guys, Um, you know, they're a little light up front and it's a weakness and, and it's going to be a weakness in the playoffs. It has been in the past. And so, yes, I think the way Chicago runs it, that Chicago could keep this thing close and, you know, Buffalo might have to get into the thirties, you know, to, to, to secure this win, which they're certainly capable of doing, but those young guys in Chicago now, you know, whether it's Kyler Gordon or Jaquan Brisker and Jalen Johnson, I mean, they played well against Philadelphia and they battled, you know, and that's, that, you know, this uh, Sanborn at middle linebacker is a good football player. So they got a lot of young guys. People don't really know who they are. But, you know, they're playing. they're playing well as a group right now.
0: Baldy, let's talk about pro bowler Gino Gino Geno Smith. Can he keep the, the Seahawks in the playoff run? They go to the Chiefs this weekend. Chiefs 11 and three. They're vying for that top seed as well in the AFC.
1: All right. What's going on with the Seahawks? Why have they fallen back to earth here? Well, they're not running the ball like they did the first, you know, 10 weeks of the season. And that was kind of what fueled everything. And now they've lost Tyler Lockett for the season. He was a critical part to their passing game. Always has been. Just, you know, it's a shame because, you know, he's from Kansas City. His dad played for the Chiefs. He, he played at Kansas State down the road, you know, in Manhattan, Kansas there. So, you know, it's a shame because he's, I don't know if they missed a game uh, yeah. until this spot. And so I think they're just shorthanded. And defensively, they have not been a good team this year. they got they got a lot of young guys playing, which is fine. Uh, they'll be better down the road. But sometimes young guys start leaking oil, you know, when you get to week you know 16 like this. They haven't been through a season like that. And so I just think it's a combination of factors. You know, if they can run the ball um, the way they had, you know, the first half of the season, then uh, then I think they could keep it close. But I think the Chiefs understand the value of having home field advantage right now, and they don't want that to slip away to Cincinnati or to Buffalo.
0: All right, we talked about how, how dangerous the Lions are. The other dangerous team is the 49ers, right? I mean – you don't want to see the 49ers right now. You talk about just clamping people down. It's pretty impressive with what they're doing right now defensively. And, you know, the 49ers, they get they get the commanders at home this weekend. And I'm going, boy, it's a tough spot for, for the commanders to try to do anything. I, I think they keep them under 25
1: points easily this weekend. I just do. Yeah, I do too. Um, <laughs> yeah, Look, Taylor Heineke gives you everything he's got, you know, and – uh, Terry McLaurin rightfully is a Pro Bowl wide receiver. Uh, they, they'll, they can run the ball okay, but this 49ers defense is complete, Carl. They're just, they just, just they don't let you breathe. You know, they don't give <laughs> up big plays. Um, they smack you like nobody else smacks you with speed and violence. Um and Nick Bosa wants to win the sack title. And so he's gonna see a couple of, you know, Cornelius Lucas, Charles Leno, guys on the edges that they need a lot of help to protect against a guy like him. Armstead is getting really healthy right now. He's becoming a factor inside. Um, but, you know, the story really is Brock Purdy. You know, he's going to make his third NFL start. And I just don't see, like, you you know, we're probably not going to get there. But, you know, in Atlanta last week, I saw the rookie quarterback, Ritter. Yeah. play, And he looked like a rookie quarterback, Carl. Yes. Like, he yes. has no pocket presence at all. None. Like, it just, he was so frenetic. And Brock Purdy's the opposite. You just watch this guy in the pocket and the guy looks like if you take the name off the back of his Jersey. You think he's been in the league six years and maybe even been to a pro bowl or two. Like the guy's calm. He goes through his progressions. He delivers an accurate football. He's got, you know, great players around him everywhere. Put the ball in their hands. He's doing that. And when it comes to third down, you want to continue the drive. He's making the necessary throws. Um, I could get, you get crazy with the stat six touchdowns and all, you know, That's he's running the offense. And I think the 49ers just continue to steamroll through this thing.
0: Yeah, he's got command of the offense that that's that's what you're seeing, Baldy. I mean, right. It's it's not even like his skill set. He's just got command. And and that makes guys feel comfortable to your point about Ritter, what we saw last week in Atlanta, which it's going to take a little time. But this guy stepped in. He's been he's been impressive before we get out of here. I got to ask you something because you brought something up. We've not really talked about this on on this this show in the huddle. But you were talking about being in New Orleans back in 93 and being with the Eagles. And it made me think of the great Reggie White. And, Baldy, I know you had to block this guy in practice, okay? I don't know how you did because Reggie White, in my opinion, was damn near unblockable. And I just want to get your thoughts on this because I'm sitting here and I'm going, man, you know what? Sometimes we forget about these legends and how tremendously talented they were. Reggie white guys was on a different level and mm-hmm. you know for if, if you you're you're a younger guy and you're watching this or, or, or lady and you're saying hey I love football and I appreciate what you guys do I would advise you just to go to YouTube and type in Reggie white and watch some of these highlights and how he just threw guys around grown men
1: mm-hmm.
0: big strong grown men just threw them around double team split it didn't matter how you tried to block this guy I just want you to talk about Reggie for a second because you had me thinking about it when you said you guys yeah. were in the dome
1: in 93. Yeah, the Reverend. Um, so I played against him when I was in Dallas, and uh, we would play uh, Philadelphia twice a year. So, you know, our whole game plan, Tom Landry would give us a game plan on Wednesdays. Our whole game plan was Reggie. Where is he? Because he'd play over the nose in a bare defense. He'd play, you know, over the end uh, in the regular defense, 4-3. Um, our, whole, our whole game plan was Reggie. Don't let him wreck it. Don't let him wreck the day, okay? So we, all we did was work on, you know, trying to – C- Corral, Reggie White. Then I, I came to Philadelphia. And, um, well, I had to I stop in Indianapolis, and we played the Colts. We played the, the Eagles in Philadelphia. Uh, we weren't a very good team in Indianapolis. And I was the right guard for the Colts. And the, ga- the game starts, and Reggie lines up over me. Now, Reggie never lined up over the right guard. So I'm like, well, what did I do? Did I get Reggie White today? <laughs> You know, so I just held him. <laughs> I held him every single play, grabbed yeah. him, put yeah. you my know, meat hooks in him. You know, we end up beating – in like, by the second quarter, he went back to his normal spot. Now the right tackle had him. And, you know, we, we ended up beating the Eagles that day in Philadelphia in the final play of the game. You know, and then I came to Philadelphia from Indianapolis. So, you know, I'm out there, and I was always a full-speed practice player. So, I'm there, and I'm the new guy in Philadelphia – and I'm going up against Reggie in practice, and I'm going full speed against him. And by the end of the first week that I'm there, Reggie pulls me aside. And he goes, hey, look, Baldy, I respect the way you practice. But here's the rules. If my chin strap is unbuckled, don't lay a glove on me or we're going to talk about it. Okay? <laughs> if, if you see the chin strap is buckled, you can do what you do. But if my chin strap is unbuckled, I'm getting ready for Sunday. I don't All really right. care about Wednesday. So he he laid the law down, and I – I've respected Reggie um, to see him. His his move was the hump move. You know the great players have have moves that are legendary. He had a hump move, and I don't care if it was Tootie Robbins or Stan Brock. You know who like he tossed them off the screen, literally Incredible. physically airborne them, and uh, and we would we would all watch it. You know on Mondays as a team, we'd watch Reggie throwing these grown men around. Like I remember late in the year when I'm in Philadelphia with them. We had this scale going into the showers and we, you know, we kind of like step on the scale. It was electronic. And I'm on one day, it was like December and Reggie steps on the scale. And I just wanted to see where he was. You know, I'm curious. Yeah. Like it was three, it was three thirty in climbing when he jumped off the scale. <laughs> like he didn't want to see the final number, you know? And so here's a guy that ran in the four sixes, you know, Um, Was dunking basketballs at Tennessee with Bernard King running with the basketball team, Um, you know, and then as a football player running in the four sixes at 330 plus, like we just never seen, you know, anything like him.
0: Yeah, special dude, man. Great stuff, Baldy. Hey, happy uh, h- happy holidays, man, and yeah, Merry Christmas to you and your family. We're going to be back, guys, talking more football as we count down to the end of the season. Enjoy the holidays, and enjoy some holiday football. We got a full slate of games on Christmas Eve, games on Christmas Day. do not get any better than this. Subscribe and like us, guys. Tell your friends in the huddle. Brian Baldinger, Jason Lock on 4, I'm Carl Dukes. Everybody have a great day. Merry
1: Christmas, everybody.